Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today on the show, we're once again checking in with our good friend Paul Donovan, Chief Economist in UBS Global Wealth Management here in London. This week is another of those editions where we're asking Paul to unpack one of his recent blog posts and dive a little deeper into the theme for us. Our topic today is inflation discrimination. Paul Donovan, great to have you with us on the show, as always. And Paul, let's talk once again about inflation. It's slightly different in tenor to some of our previous conversations on the theme, though. We're talking about a blog you wrote on inflation discrimination. And I know that uh, listeners perhaps may be familiar that economists, in, in broad brush terms, sort of recognise three forms of, of price discrimination. And perhaps that's the starting point. Explain what they are and what the, what the key differences are. So there's lots of ways that you can get price discrimination. The three main ways are called first, second, and third degree price discrimination. So first degree price discrimination at the moment is quite difficult to do, may become easier in the future, particularly with artificial intelligence. And that is where each individual is charged a personal price. So the price that you pay and the price that I pay are entirely different. And the company knows how keen you are to buy a product, and the company knows how keen I am to buy the same product, and it will differentiate the price depending on our keenness. That's first-degree price discrimination. Second-degree price discrimination is sort of bulk buying. Buy two, get one free, uh, or buy two for this special price, that kind of thing. Uh, And so that's where you are favoring people who buy in bulk. Third degree price discrimination is something which has suddenly become a lot more relevant in parts of the world. And that's where specific groups are given a privileged price. So that might be anyone over 65, 10% off. Or it might be anybody who has our loyalty card, 20% off. And so you end up then with a two-tier pricing structure. If you're part of the privileged group, you get a lower price than everybody else. So those are the three broad differences uh, in terms of of price discrimination. As I said, first degree price discrimination, quite difficult to engineer, but keep an eye on it because with artificial intelligence, it may be coming to you sometime soon. Second degree price discrimination, we're all quite familiar with. the, The buy one, get one free type concept, very, very familiar with this type of thing. The third degree price discrimination is actually starting to be quite a bit of a problem uh, today. Well, yeah, and Paul, this is what I wanted to ask you about, because we often talk about the crudeness of the metrics when it comes to measuring inflation accurately, what is or is not included, how reactive or not uh, some of the measures are. And I understand that official inflation data doesn't recognise any form of, of price discrimination. There is a unilateralism, right, which is that price cuts, such as they are, must apply to, to everyone. I mean, that is a big problem because you can get huge variation, presumably, if you were to uh, factor in some or all of these different forms of discrimination. Absolutely. So now it varies from country to country. So in the United States, uh, bulk buy discounts are not generally included in inflation, uh, and they're not included in Europe or the UK. But uh, if you have people over 65 are entitled to 10% off, so a senior citizen's discount, which is not that uncommon in the States, that under certain circumstances is included in the inflation calculation. But in Europe and the UK, 
it's not. In Europe and the UK, it's the price that everybody has access to is the price that goes into CPI. Now, why is this an issue? It's an issue in the UK and it's an issue in the Republic of Ireland because since April of this year, the supermarkets, which have been under attack for profit margin expansion-led inflation, have responded by cutting prices. And you think, well, that's great. But they are cutting prices mainly for people who have got loyalty cards. And the price discounts are actually significant. So we're talking about differences in prices of 20, 30, 40% if you've got a loyalty card. But the thing is, the statisticians, in effect, don't have a loyalty card. The statisticians look at the headline price that everybody pays, not the privileged price that loyalty card holders pay. And this makes a really, really big difference. So if you look at the UK in May, price inflation for food in the UK was running at over 18%. But if you factored in the loyalty card discounts, because a lot of people have loyalty cards. In fact, um, uh, an overwhelming majority of UK households have loyalty cards. If you factor in the loyalty card discounts, the inflation rate for food wouldn't be over 18. It would be somewhere between 11 and 13%. Now, that's still a very high inflation rate, of course, but it's a lot different from 18%. And in fact, with the price discounts included, UK food inflation goes from being one of the highest in Europe to being one of the lowest. Now, the thing is, in Europe, outside of the UK and Ireland, most supermarkets are not doing this price discrimination. They're not offering privileged prices. If they do a discount, everybody gets the discount and the CPI picks it up. But in the UK and Ireland, uh, only the privileged get the discount and CPI does not pick it up, even though actually most households are using their loyalty cards and are therefore uh, part of the privileged group. So, it's a, it sounds like a very technical issue, and it is, frankly, a very technical issue, but it's also quite a big problem at the moment because it's adding quite a lot to UK inflation. Well, well, this is it, Paul, and I guess if that's the case, which is that inflation, which is high, but it seems higher, it, 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 we're not reflecting the fact that spending power really is probably better than it, it seems. And I guess to, to get you out of your economist's comfort zone, this feels more like a, a political, it's a policy problem, correct? And if it is, what are the political and policy fixes potentially? It is an issue. And the spending power one is the one which you know, economists have got very excited about. So pretty much all year, people like me have been saying, look, you know, the middle income consumer is going to do better than you think. And that resilience of their spending power means that the slowdown in the economy is probably not going to be too bad. And one of the reasons is that if you are a middle-income consumer, you're quite likely to have loyalty cards from the supermarkets. You know, you're not buying from discount stores and so on. So you're, you're better positioned to benefit from this. In the United States, the treatment of housing costs means that if you're a middle-income consumer, your inflation rate is is two percentage points lower than the headline. So that means you've got a bit more spending firepower, and that means that you're more resilient than the headline numbers suggest. It means the economy slows down less than the headline numbers might imply. And that's exactly what we've been seeing. And middle-income consumers are, of course, the big, big drivers of economic activity. It doesn't mean we should ignore lower-income consumers. Of course we shouldn't. But when we're talking about overall economic activity, it's the middle-income families that really make the difference. 
Now, from a political point of view, most of the time, this isn't a problem. You know, most of the time, we don't have two-tier supermarket pricing structures, certainly not on the, the, the scale that we have at the moment. Uh, most of the time, you know, inflation numbers are generally lower, and so these differences are, are sort of fairly marginal, and who cares if you know, inflation is 0.1%, 0.2% different? But that's not what we're talking about now. It's a far bigger issue. And I, I think the problem is that politicians don't necessarily spend as much time going through the detail of the data as economists do, and they, they end up with perhaps a misperception about what's going on in the economy, because you know, they assume that the headline number tells them everything they need to know. Well, it, it just doesn't. So how do we solve this? Well, I mean, the United States, as I said, does have a way of factoring in discounts into its inflation measures. So that's one way that would, would bring down consumer price inflation when you end up with a two-tier pricing structure. That would take time to implement, though. I mean, that's not a, not, not a quick fix. I think we may possibly see pressure on supermarkets to offer price discounts across the board, not to have this sort of two-tier privileged and everyone else type pricing structure and just say, no, 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 if you're going to do a discount, do it for everybody. Uh, That may also be something we start to see pressure growing about. Paul Donovan, bringing us to the end of this edition of The Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance each week here on Monocle Radio. Listen again and explore more at the website, monocle.com. You can also subscribe to the magazine there. You can follow this show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can discover more and find out how UBS can help you at ubs.com. This is The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. I'm Tom Edwards. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 